There are so many amazing free plugins available for download right now to help you with your production and mixing. Go to mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash plugins to download and get access to a bunch of free and premium plugins on Plugin Boutique. Happy mixing, my friends, and enjoy the show. to the Mixing Music Podcast. I'm your host, DK, and with me, as always, is my lovely co-host, Luxurious Lou. Oh, lovely Lou. I mean, I will take all the Lou's I can get, but Luxurious is a good one to start with. I think we've used that one in the past, but that's a, uh, that's a good one. It's, but, it's um, a good one. I'll take the run back. Yeah. Well, today is a very special episode. Um, we're going to talk about Nam. Mm-hmm. Nam. We're a little bit, a, a few weeks late, but we always get free tickets to NAM. Thank you to the people in charge of the marketing or whatever at NAM. Uh, we get free media passes there. And uh, one of the things that we get to do is that we get to go, we get to meet some of our fans, a lot of friends. We get to check out new gear. As far as I understand, it wasn't until recently, Lou, uh, please confirm Mm -hmm. with this. Like it wasn't, it feels like since the pandemic, they've opened it up to more people. But before, NAM was kind of this exclusive exhibition specifically for educators and retailers showing people like these, uh, these, uh, 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 like for distributors to see what new products are going to be available from all these new companies. Yeah, I do remember that. Like one of the benefits of working for companies like Sam Ash, Guitar Center, and all that was like you could hit corporate and ask for a pass to NAM, and they only had so many that they can actually give. Um, and then I remember seeing something about you know now you can actually buy your way in, but uh, then they uh, before that I think it was like Sundays was open to the public, and that was it. Like if you weren't in the industry, like Sunday was the only day you could go. Yeah, so um, recently it's been a lot more open. I think anybody can just buy a ticket now uh, without having some sort of recommendation. I need to be careful. You know, you got to look this up, make sure that it, that I'm not lying to you. <laughs> yeah, that's but, what uh, I, I remember like back in 2013 working at like Sam Ash, like being like, oh my God, I can't believe I actually got in. I'm going to go. And like they would see the pass and they would see that you're like a staff member and they'd be like, oh, that's how this yeah. guy got here. So before we get into any of the gear and software that we found really, really exciting, mm-hmm. um, I want to talk about why someone like you may may or should go to NAM. And I mean, obviously, it's a great place to reunite with old friends, new friends, make new friends. Um, the networking is great. It's also, um, yeah, you get introduced to a bunch of people. I mean, that mm-hmm. the first time we ever met was actually at NAM. So it holds a... <laughs> Holds a dear place in our hearts. We should actually, like, uh, the next time Antares has a booth, we should recreate that day. Yeah, for sure. Is it when I go up to you and ask if I can talk to somebody else and then and I just then you just sit quiet? on the cube and I'm like, uh, so what's your name? <laughs> I think that's what it is. No, but I remember the first time, that was my first time. When we met, that was my first time. It sounds like mm-hmm. you've gone a few times before then. But um, that was my first time, and I didn't know anybody. I remember distinctly, like, I only know a few people. And the last few years that we've been going, just living here in L.A., it mm-hmm. seems like I can't get to any booths without bumping into somebody that um, that I know. So it's like, uh, 
it's it's a very cool thing just meeting people getting to see people and and the more regularly you go i feel like uh uh the more people you get to know slowly uh you start to feel more a part of an industry yeah and i think it's a lot more real like i really like nam significantly more than something like the grammys or any sort of grammy party Mm-hmm. Um, you get to meet a lot more engineers. It's a lot more low key. I mean, I get every year I get to hang out with like man. Last last year I got to hang out with Manny Marquin. This year I got to hang out a little bit with Tony Maserati. You know, it and yeah. uh, CLA's there every year. Andrew Sheps is there almost every year. Um, and it's yeah, kind of just think, like fun. Uh, even we're hanging out with Fab Dupont for a little bit uh, at the after party this year too. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So the people yeah. at Pure Mix. Uh, Mark, shout out to Mark, um, invited yeah. us out to the Pure Mix after party where we met Fab. But anyway, um, that, yeah, it's a really good event. Um, it's great to just meet people. We do highly recommend you go. Um, check out the new gear as well. And every year, Lou and I, we spend a lot of time in the pro audio section, obviously, with a little bit of running around uh, in other sections. But oh, yeah. uh, there's a few products that I want to talk about, and I'm sure Lou that you remember a few standout products. Um, and I think uh, I think we have a few of the same ones. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that probably. stand out. But uh, is there any anything that anything that stood out to you that you're really excited for this year? Uh, Nam vendor wise, right? Yeah, anything. Yeah, any of the boots. Okay. Um, so this is going to sound weird, but I finally got to get my hands on the DM seven from Yamaha. It's their new live console, which is like, um, I'll put it this way. We spent $30,000 just on the console and another $14,000 on the snakes for the one at the venue that I was, uh, the head engineer for, right? This console just came out at the same exact price point And it makes me wish we waited eight months because we didn't know it was coming out. And after playing with it, I'm going to put it on my tech writer moving forward for every concert I'm engineering. Like, what about what about this console is, is exciting to you? Um, well, I can't really I don't know that. much Did, about live consoles, to be honest. But you know about like Dante connectivity and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the, the idea that you can run redundant runs just like two ethernet cables just to make sure that you have solid connection in case one drops out or gets cut for whatever reason um is so amazing that you can run like 128 channels on a single console 96 kilohertz 24 bit um through a single ethernet cable right and then aside from that you can actually do dsp processing from like rupert neve and everything you can do slate trigger and all that kind of stuff running on the console uh not natively with slate but you can actually patch in your computer and just run dante inserts so you can use your plugins you can use uh, pro tools as an insert you can even use the universal audio rock uh, rack processors that they did with soundcraft and just plug it in dante or maddie or whatever connectivity you want but the console is like it's like water this is what I really like about it. It's um, like water. In what yes. way? It'll um, electrocute you if you're in. If- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I hope to never die from a console, but it seems like a fitting death for me at the same time. It's like, how'd Lou die doing what he loves? Doing what he loves. To, you needed to live. How is it like water, Lou? <laughs> um, if I need signal to flow, it can flow in any direction that I can create a path for. Um, and this console is almost infinitely ver- uh, routable. And that's what's so amazing about it. Um, for instance, if you're ever running like four bands in one day, um, 
sometimes moving what input is what uh, physically is just too much. So the fact that you can do quick patch IO with like Dante and everything from the screen um, with so much ease compared to other consoles is just like a workflow efficiency thing. And the fact that you can actually save that routing on the console um, per scene means that it'll automatically hop the channels from one to the next without you having to repatch every time the band's in between. Um, you can also do the crossovers and everything. You can connect to um, like Dolby Lake systems, which are basically like live sound versions of like the Trinov Nova, if you will, where you have four input, four output on the LM44, two input, six output crossover system for like high mids and lows with the LM26. But you can now connect directly to those processors with Dante. Um, and it's just the flexibility of it is so amazing that I'm really itching to do a festival again this year because mm -hmm. I, I did, um, I think, like two or three festivals last year and they just gave me whatever console I requested. So I'm I'm just really looking forward to request this console and really put it through its paces. Nice. Yeah. Anything else? I have I have a few things. So I'm going to talk about one of my things here. I'm really excited for. I mean, I know you were looking at a console, but for me, I'm not <laughs> doing live. I'm not doing live stuff at all. But there's a bunch of outboard gear. Um, I'm kind of like I go in and out of like wanting outboard gear. A yeah. lot of the times I'm like really against it, but right now I'm kind of back into this like, ooh, let me play with it a little bit more. And then I'll probably get tired of it and not want anything to do with outboard gear in a few months. But um, this year <laughs> there's two really awesome pieces that I'm mm -hmm. sure that you were looking at too. One is the uh, the Cranborn Audio Carnaby HE2, which is the two-channel two -channel harmonic EQ. Um, and it's got USB control meaning that it is digitally controlled analog. It's got a complementary plug-in that you can use to uh, create presets to change the unit without actually touching the unit. So you can actually have the unit in a side rack off to the side. You never have to go up to it. You can stay in your listening position. Um, and uh, yeah, so and obviously it does recall. So when you view, close the session, open up a new session, it'll save the settings. Um, I don't know much about this. I need to do more research with this. And obviously, I want to test it out in my studio and use it for a mix. But it is a... Uh, here's here's what it says on the website. The Carnaby HE2 is a 2U, uh, 2U rack stereo 3-band parametric EQ. Um, it brings analog color to your sources. And let's see, I'm just trying to skip through this. So basically, it is an EQ. It's a 3-band EQ. But it adds harmonics. I like the way it's worded right here where it says infused with groundbreaking harmonic EQ technology. It's yeah, like Spectre on crack, essentially. Yeah, it's yeah. If you've used we use way is it Waze Factory? Yeah, Waze Factory Spectre. Yeah, we use Waze Factory Spectre quite often. Um, it seems like it's a little bit different because this is actual like the Spectre is not. Um, analog. No, I think I think it's uh no, I think it does have some like phase related EQ going on as well, but it's mostly um, harmonics. But I this think, seems like yeah, I was gonna say I think you can put it into like uh, what is it ultra resolution, which is linear mode, or maybe there's a linear button. But I, I know there's there's a phase related button that you can enable. 
Yeah. So there's a, this one is interesting. It's got a dynamic response as well. So it's high band, low band, mid band. Um, and even if you cut or boost, it adds some sort of harmonic. So it's supposed to be this really musical EQ, again, fully digitally controlled with USB networking. Uh, and it's got like an insert. So if you wanted to do more stuff there, but either way, this is really interesting. I love anything that's like harmonically based. This is a technique that I use quite often in my mixing is if I do like some deep cuts that quite frankly, like change the soul of the source audio, I sometimes like to replace some of that with harmonics, something like Spector, Spector or like uh, um, just some sort of other saturator trying to return some of that lost um lost lost information yeah 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 yeah. try to bring it back a little bit because when you bring bring it back with saturation it oftentimes if you cut it out because it's harsh or whatever and you bring it back with some saturation it can come back a little bit smoother yeah Um, i'll do that with the voice of god sometimes like the the mic or the recording style that everything was tracked in on a mix was uh just a little muffly or just a little tubby in the low uh, roll off like around like 150 to 180 and then bring it back with like voice of God. And it bases the harmonics based off of the information available, which is a little bit clearer sometimes. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a definitely a solid staple in like mixing. Like a tool like this would be amazing for that. Yeah. And, uh, so like this, I think this is a really interesting one. The other interesting one is the 2BQ, NG2BQ from West Audio. Now I'm a big fan of West I didn't Audio. See that. The that's oh, the new uh, that's the that's new two uh, the mastering one, right? Yeah, yeah. I was going to bring band. that one up too. Yeah, the four band parametric EQ, um, two bass parametric EQ, passive EQ mm-hmm. um, from West Audio. And West Audio, I'm a big fan. I literally just bought their NG Bus Comp. Yeah, the VCA Bus Comp, which is really cool. They got the Iron transformer output stage variable output stage where you can actually there's like a pad so you can drive the iron transfer on the output and they've got um a thd knob total harmonic distortion so you can just add more distortion saturation separate from the uh the makeup gain yeah i really like this one because uh you know it's funny in case anybody's trying to go to nam to listen to monitors it's not the place to do it it's a great place to check them out in person and get a get a feel for them but um there's just so much going on and uh that it's kind of hard to tell sometimes like when you're testing monitors but when testing the gear they usually have some headphones and um even without using the headphones, because I don't know if you tested it, DK. I don't know if you got to sit down in front of it, but they had the Amphions, uh, the 118s, mm-hmm. I think they're called. Yep. Um, and even on that, doing like a half decibel boost to like a one decibel boost in cuts and things like that, um, it it was shockingly good to me. Like to the point where like when I asked how much it was, I was a little scared because of the question, if you got to ask, you can't afford it. <laughs> and then when they said it, I was like, oh, I definitely can't afford it. I had uh, six grand on a on an EQ is definitely in the mastering world, um, but not in my price point right now. I have to treat my room before I buy this EQ. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting because it does have the variable THD again, along it's with so the iron good. pad again, which like those two things alone are mm-hmm. really amazing. And it's it's honestly, I like that those two things, the iron 
the iron output transformer with variable pad and the THD knob, those things alone are worth the NG bus comp more than the actual compression. Uh, the, the compressor of the NG bus comp is, is fine. It's, it's okay. It's the, the iron transformer and the THD knob that makes it amazing. So I'm sure. Yeah. And I, I, I couldn't really tell, like, again, you were said it right. Like at NAM, everything is just so damn loud. It's not an ideal space. It's just an open floor with everybody making noise. So you can't really tell if something's really good or not. I just remember it being really fun to play with. Yeah. Um, and, and I remember trying that THD knob and it works fantastic. And, and I remember knowing, I remember uh, how flexible it was and how much you can actually change the parameters. Again, how beautiful it was, things of like that. And again, it's, it's all USB controlled or Ethernet controlled through a network. And it, it has a complimentary plugin, so you can actually leave it off to the side, never having to touch it. Uh, and it, you don't have to do recalls because if you insert the plugin, it'll open up the session and recall to the exact settings of the plugin in the session. So it is fantastic. And I'm a huge fan of West Audio. They have a bunch of 500 series units as well. I think my next piece of gear that I'm going to be getting um, is also going to be from West Audio is the 1176. 1176. Yeah, it's not not new, but I'm a huge fan of 1176s. And if I can have digitally controlled, and those also have variable THD, like how much distortion you want. Um, There's also a pass-through. So they have a version where it turns off the compressor and it's just like a, a, a noise box or like a color unit, color box. So um, there's just so much that I love about West Audio. I think they're doing a really great job. I, th- I, I really am invested emotionally into this digitally controlled analog uh, domain. I do think maybe, maybe there's another direction that we can go in the future, but for what we have right now, I just, I'm just really invested this in, in this technology as like, I think it should be the new baseline. I think it should be every company mm-hmm. that continues to create analog should have digitally controlled versions of it at the very least as an option. Tegler, I'm sure that the, the before better maker, there was other companies doing this already. I'm sure. But um, I know that Better Maker was like the one that really popped off and like did pretty well. And I don't know if you remember, but they had faceless units for a while. Like they were all 500 series, like bus compressors and EQs and things like that. And all it was was a 500 series faceplate that was blank that said Better Maker um, and a USB port on it. And that was it. Yeah, I don't remember who exactly made it first, but there's, there's, uh, let's see, the companies that I remember that are doing it right now is Wes Audio, is Better mm-hmm. Maker, Mick DSP has their, their green yeah, boxes. The APB 16 and 8. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is just circuitry. It's literally just circuits and it's go- through Thunderbolt. It, it converts this, the digital signal to analog, goes through the circuit and goes back into digital and it's just a plug in. Um, and then also Tegler has some units. So I have the Shorecraft machine here in my desk, which is a Ethernet a controlled device through a plugin. But they also have uh, the Cream, the Creme RC remote controlled version. They have a, and then they have their reverb unit that's also remote controlled. So there's this sort of like remote controlled or digitally controlled hardware where it actually goes through analog circuitry, but is controlled via digital domain. I really think is the future. I think it should be the new baseline. And I'm really excited to see that. Cranborn Audio just entered that scene as well with the last plugin. But Lou, there is a plugin that mm-hmm. I saw that is not released. Two plugins that is not released that I want mm-hmm. to talk about real quick. One sure. is from our good friends at um, 
the the creators of Golfos is Sound Theory. And I don't know I don't know if you've seen if you saw their plugin. They had they don't have anything about it. I think it was just kind of like this release and I think it wasn't even it wasn't even a beta version. Like it was like still being released. It was just released. like a concept. Yeah, it was like a concept. I think the demo that they were releasing was just a graphic. Um, I don't gotcha. even think it was like a working plugin. Yeah, there's nothing on their website for it. Yeah, I'm looking for it right now too. So I'm. This is just off of memory here, but I know the people at Sound Theory are in the middle of developing a harmonics, uh, a saturation plugin, variable types of saturation. Um, plug in a few parameters. There's this little bit of. Uh, automation going around just like the golf boss plugin where Mm -hmm. um, it's going off of listening curves and things of that nature, automatic EQ. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's something similar, but the idea, I remember talking to the person that was doing the demo and they said that uh, it'll be great in, in conjunction with the golf boss because the golf boss will kind of potentially uh, cut with EQ, however you decide to use it. And then you can use this plugin to boost back again some of those spots that are missing to help bring back that natural sound. I thought it was a really interesting concept. I'm, I'm excited to hear more about that. But again, there's nothing on it right now, so I can't speak more about it. The 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 thing that I'm also excited for is, I don't remember, if you know Oak Sound. Oak Sound, yeah. Oak Sound from, uh, I think it's actually Oak Sound or something like that. I don't remember what they called it, those Finnish people. Um, <laughs> but this is the same company that makes uh, Soothe, mm-hmm. as well as what else do they make? Bliss is that what the uh, other Spiff? No, Spiff, yeah, Soothe and Spiff. Yeah. Um, so you've probably heard of Soothe, but Bloom is really interesting. Kind of taking the same sort of technology there. It is a uh, dynamic EQ. It's basic. Oh, I don't want to compare like this, but it's a dynamic. Uh, it's an EQ or a dynamic EQ, and there's a couple settings that you can use it for, but it's split into four bands. So it's like a golf boss, kind of like a golf boss, except you can cut or boost within four bands. So you can say boost in this band here, centered around 250 hertz. And um, if you, you could do a mount like Soothe, you know how in Soothe you can change the amount that it cuts. Yeah. And if you go past a specific amount, it goes from EQ and it turns into an, a, a dynamic, dynamic EQ. So it actually turns into compression. Huh. So, um, so there's a couple different options. You could change the attack release as well. Um, but there's four different EQs. It's purple, pink. Uh, it's this nice little color. Sorry. I, I, yeah, I, it's I like, had to it's shout like that a, out. It's like a purple, pink, uh, matte palette. It's really yeah. nice. Yeah, I like, like it. Like little black outlines on the waves. I, <laughs> I hate to say, but I like the aesthetic. It's it's a very oak sound aesthetic, like very simple user interface, which is really convenient. Because sometimes when you're looking at a new plugin, it can be a little bit daunting, kind of like on uh, on Spiff, where you have so many little sub functions and they're all kind of in rows, but they're also like terminology that's not on every plugin. You know, this one just looks Pretty simple to use. Like if I were to just throw this up, I bet I can get some good results right away. I think so too. And it's really interesting because Soothe, Soothe is something where you can definitely easily overuse it. And I mm-hmm. do think it's one of the the plugins where 
out of all the plugins out there available, I think Soothe is one of those that people most easily and most often overuse. It can kill the soul of a sound source. Yeah. Um, but Bloom seems like it'll be a lot more natural mm. and a lot more uh, intuitive and more musical. So I'm really, really excited about that, actually. Hmm. Well, it was kind of funny because uh, I think when we went, uh, I told you about these plugins that I found and I was like, dude, DK, you got to check these out. And you're like, dude, they've already reached out to us. <laughs> and that's uh, the Safari pedals. Ah. So I, I was because, uh, uh, oh, my God, what's his name? Um, Ivan. Uh, he saw us. Uh, did, was Were we together when he found me? Did, is that how we separated? I don't know. Uh, by the way, so have you guys ever seen me and DK at NAM? Um, just so you know, you found the the unicorn in the haystack kind of situation because me and DK always just wander. Like we see each other, and then two seconds later, we've lost each other. So <laughs> if you see us together at NAM, it's not that we weren't there together; it's just that we are there together separately. It's like going to the gym. He's doing cardio. I'm doing weightlifting. <laughs> um. But uh, overall, like um, I saw Ivan, he's like, dude, you got to check out these pedals. Uh, apparently he's been working with them. And um, at first I thought, I'm like, okay, plugins in the form of pedals. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm curious. And sure enough, uh, they had a couple different genres to play with. And um, we loaded up the rock one because I was like, well, let me see what this does on drums and stuff. And let me see what it does on like bass and see see how far they can go and I, I gotta say uh like three or four of their plugins just had me instantly blown away and then to see that it's like i think it's like 150 bucks for the full bundle they were yeah, so it's cheap. on sale right now it's 110 for everything for everything and they were yeah. so good and that that's kind of like what i like about nam like sometimes you're just saying hi to friends and then they're like hey have you checked this out um for instance um I don't think I'm, as I mentioned before, I'm not a fan of like testing speakers at NAMM. But if what I heard from Key Audio's full stack at NAMM is the bad listening situation, then I'm really curious to hear them in a good listening situation. Like mm. I was, I was thoroughly impressed at what I heard over at Key Audio, but those pedals were significantly more impressive because I had the same reaction, except it costs like a thousand times less to own. The the pedals. The pedals, yeah. Yeah. That was cheaper to own than the key audios, and I had the same reaction to my experience to both of them. One of them finding out like, okay, this is really good. How much is it? Like three, four hundred bucks for the bundle? When they told me, it's like, oh, with Nam, you get 10% off plus this, that. It comes out to like 130 bucks. I'm like, why is it so cheap? Why is it so many plugins for so cheap and they're all so good? There's, yeah. And so we do, we did do an episode about it. Mm -hmm. The three that we got are... Uh, Gorilla Drive. Um, yeah, the Flamingo Verb. The Time Machine. Time Machine, yeah. Yeah, I Which think is there's their those delay, three. I believe, right? Uh, sorry, the time machine is, is uh compressor and filters. So you kind of okay, give a gotcha. vintage tone to it, but, uh, yeah, there's a bunch more. They've, they've made a ton more since we've last yeah. talked and yeah, I'm, I, uh, 
I'm excited to see where they go, and I need to try their new stuff, but they're a cool company, something to look out for. You really like their stuff? I, I really liked it. Like, um, I didn't know that we had been working with them. Uh, at least, no, I knew about them, but I didn't look that deep into it because you know how it is. You get stuck in your ways. You know the plugins that you know, and sometimes you're just not ready for a new plugin right away. So when I actually sat down and was just listening just to listen. I was just blown away in that moment. Like I wasn't trying to solve a problem. I was just being creative with them. And it was, it was a perfect creative tool. Yeah. This feels like this company feels like uh, it's going to be in the same domain as sound toys where it's mixing tools, but uh, for like more like production based mixing tools. Exactly. Where I think these are actually a little bit more mixer friendly than Sound Toys. Sound Toys only has like a few mixer friendly plugins. Yeah, it's kind of funny because like I know a lot of people like Decapitator, um, and it definitely holds its ground when it comes to versatility. But um, it also is very lacking in flexibility at the same time. I'm uh, actually I take back what I said. Like I, Sound Toys actually a lot of them are mixing friendly. I was just thinking yeah. I was just looking back on them. I use a lot of them. There's like only Crystallizer is really in depth. Yeah, that but when you think about like Radiator. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know what? I take it back. Yeah, there's a lot of so it's kind of in the similar domain. Then I do yeah. feel like it's like uh, there's less flexibility in each of these plugins, but there's enough where you can actually get some creative tones out of it. You can use them creatively. I'm. I'm, you're excited to see where it goes. I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm super excited that in the past year, they've made like 12 new plugins. That's yeah, because when, uh, when we first got to hear about them, it was only like three. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, three or four. They had just started. Uh, the only other thing that I want to talk about is a new company here. And the last thing that I want to talk about is this company that sells speakers. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you got a chance to listen to them. I don't know what uh, what's going to happen or how they're going to work out. They're they're relatively affordable compared to other companies uh, that are competing with them mm-hmm. for the technology that they have. Is a speaker company called Telegrapher? Wait, you is may that the have one seen that, them. the Dead Mouse stickered one. Yes, it wasn't a sticker; it was part of the actual design. And really? so there's still such a new and young company that you can totally customize, not just the color and the material of the outer shell. You can put your own logo on it. They'll print that for an extra fee. Um, even the metal grill in the back, the radiator in the back, because it is an active design, mm-hmm. they can cut cut the radiator holes, like the air holes, the airflow holes mm-hmm. in whatever design that you want. So if you want to do like a your logo but I've repeated it was stamped in a bunch of times they'll do that <laughs> that's so, really cool so it's like hyper um hyper customizable but if it's just the flat the flat like uh no custom thing there's like three base colors that you can pick from at this time and as they grow bigger i think uh, there's going to be less customization op- options for free but yeah. there's like a yellow, there's a red, there's a black, there's a white, um, an orange, this ugly, really ugly orange. I hate it. Oh, I, did, uh, <laughs> I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, they've it got three hot. different designs. They got the elephant, which is their subwoofer. They got the fox, which is a two-way five-inch monitor design. And the gorilla, which is a three-way kind of like ATC 25 yeah. kind of looking thing. 
if I'm not mistaken, they use a very similar same driver as our um Strauss. So for for the Fox, which is the five way design, it's the same Strauss drivers from what I'm looking at, which is really interesting. Um, I listened to it, and again, it's not an ideal space, but it sounded really good. The mid range was there; is very articulate uh, from what I did hear, and I'm really excited about it. We'll mm-hmm. see what happens, and because they're such a brand new company, I feel like you get this really nice quality for fairly cheap. So, if I remember correctly, it was. By the way, it's not cheap. You're you're still. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm comparing to like PMC ATC, like that level yeah, stuff. Yeah, but I think it was like for the three way one, it was two to three thousand dollars less than the ATC twenty fives, and for the two way ones, it, I think it was like two or three thousand dollars or something like that. Um, which is so, significantly I mean, less than our Strauss. A good but I mean, compared to our Strauss, an active design for the similar or the same um, Price components point. as the Strauss. Yeah, it's going to be way like it's 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 much better, low, much lower compared to what we paid for for the Strauss. But uh, I'm really excited to see where that company goes. Now, I do think this is something that we don't really ever talk about. Um, and I think people should be more aware about when it comes to like buying speakers or gear or anything like that outside of software is resale value. And so yeah. the only thing the only thing that's difficult with buying something super boutique, something that very few people know about is one repairs, <laughs> but two, <laughs> if you change your mind, Two, if you change your mind, it's going to be hard to sell back for what mm-hmm. it's actually worth because nobody knows about them. Um, That's why um, it, it's kind of funny. I've talked about this in a previous episode where, um, you know, early on buying a bunch of gear is just excitement for gear. You're kind of the new guy on the block and you're just buying gear just to buy gear. Um, one of the quick lessons that I found is that if you invest in the right gear, meaning that you know that the resellability is there, then worst case scenario, you have a savings account that you can always move later. And if the resale value is high and demand for these things are also high, then yeah, you, you run a lower risk than buying, I don't know, like an Orban EQ where very specific people, usually only engineers and only engineers that are really into gear and it has to be old gear and it has to be well-maintained are into that. And if yours isn't well-maintained, then, you know, good luck selling it for anywhere what you paid for it. Um, Boutique brands are very hard to sell. Like brands like PMC, ATC, uh, I I don't think I would even argue Strauss just yet. I think Strauss is on the come up of like brands that will retain their value and be a little yeah, bit like easier a- to sell in the future. Buy, you can always yeah. buy used ATCs. Yeah, you can always buy used ATCs. You can't always buy used Strauss. And because of that, um, they have a good resale value, but they're hard to find on the market, which is why the value is good. Yeah. Um, but if it was a saturated market like PMCs, PMCs, you can buy them used for cheap compared to what they sell for brand new. You can buy them cheap. If yeah. you were to buy a Gorilla brand new, Right now, and you get it customized with your own stickers. Let's say your own company logo stamped, like uh, like in the reference idea. Oh, if you customize um, it, it's fucking yeah. low. It's gonna yeah, be way it's, low. It's gonna be like a third because yeah. they're gonna have to refinish it. They're gonna have to buy it, send it back to Telegraph, and be like, "Hey, can I get a different housing look?" <laughs> yeah, it's just not worth. It. Yeah, so with customization, you have to. Yeah, or anything boutique or customization or like DIY, even DIY stuff. There's a lot of DIY companies out there. Like you yeah. just have to kind of accept that you won't probably won't be able to sell this for very much or sell it at all. 
But yeah, um, that's where, other like, than that, I mean, other mm-hmm. than the fear of that, I think Telegrapher has is really good potential. I'm excited to see where they go. Um, yeah, I'm looking at the the gorilla right now, and on their website, they're saying 9,400 a pair. Um, so I think that puts it right at the price point of the 25s. 25, 9,500 a pair. Yeah, so it's about the same as the ATC 25s. Yeah, I th- they told me cheaper. Actually, that sounds really high from what they told me. I remember hearing their actual price in person. But and, this is uh, yeah, the Fox is 5,100 a pair. Oh, and the Fox act yeah, that's that's the Strauss cone right there. That's the Strauss cone. Yeah. On the Fox. Where are you seeing these prices on their website? Yeah, on telegrapherloudspeakers.com uh forward slash products. No, I just I remember the them telling me is oh going my goodness. Oh, okay. Now I'm less excited actually. I thought it was I thought it was like closer to six thousand for the pair of gorillas. Yeah, like I, it's obviously no shade to the company, but it, it's a very dangerous price point to be an ultimately customizable brand. Uh, for instance, there was something at NAM that I found pretty cool. Um, and I know I know you're going to be like, uh, this sounds like a Lou thing, but it also doesn't sound like a Lou thing. Did you see the egg pods, like the egg pod chairs with like speakers in them? <laughs> I didn't get into it, but yeah. I, got, I did get into it. Lou's talking about literally like a loungy type chair that's shaped like an egg and you can yeah. sit inside this egg and apparently there's like speakers inside. Tell us yeah. about your experience sitting in that little chair. Um, I don't think I'm ever going to be sponsored by them, but I also don't want to create um, tension, unnecessary tension. But I think there's a lot of room for improvement in the sound quality that they're selling you on them. Because once I heard that that chair was $10,000, and I sat in it. My initial instinct was like, this better be like the most TH, uh, THX experience I've ever had. I, I should want to play Halo all over again. I should want to play Call of Duty for the first fucking time of my life. Just to hear well, the gunshots ringing off. What was the name of the I of don't the remember. I don't remember. But they told me that they're making one for Chris Brown next week. And I was like... Interesting. Okay. I mean, that yeah. seems like something Chris would have, but um, when I got or, or in there, it they, was comfortable. They're giving it. They're giving yeah, it to exactly. Chris. It's, it's marketing. Um, but it, it was really funny because I'm like, I'm sitting in it and I'm like, this is not the experience I thought I was going to have. In fact, if I saw this in a studio and the artist was listening to the mix and they're critiquing it based off of what I hear in that chair, I think I'd walk out of the studio. <laughs> What's the name of the, what's the name of the, uh, what's the name of the company Sound Egg? Maybe. Harmonic Egg? I think it was Sound Egg. Maybe. Anyway, it was a silly looking thing. Yeah. Oh, uh, all in one system. First look. Um, the Solo Dome XL Egg Chair. So stupid. So stupid. But everybody was in yeah, but there was like a lot of people and like one guy was sitting there and he's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I need one of these in my studio. And I was like, oh, my God. No, you I, don't. Oh, my God. Good <laughs> sir. I hope to never have to like master one of your mixes if you ever made it in that chair. Like, I, 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 I. So funny. Yeah, so but funny. It, but then I'll again, say it like you know, this. It looked so good. Has- it looked so good. Like aesthetic wise, I would definitely want that in my home. 
That's funny. I mean, at the same time, like shitty speakers is how great mixes are made sometimes, you know? So like and the MS ten of chairs. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it might be the godsend the the gods like that's if you mix in that, you will be have untouchable mixes. Just win every time. <laughs> you become the birth of a uh, new age sound and you came from the egg to do it. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Uh, but yeah, that's about it for Nam. I mean, Nam is awesome. They're so kind for always letting us come in and hang out. It's yeah. good to see y'all. We always see the um, a few listeners of the podcast always come up to us. People say hi. So if you're listening right now and did say hi to us, thank you so much. Um, that is uh, I'm really grateful to put a face to some of these the listeners that we have. Oh, and yeah. we're really grateful for anybody that is subscribed and listens to the podcast. We hear so often that uh, we are part of uh, people's daily commutes, daily or weekly habits, um, and we hope that we could continue to provide information that will help you with your music career, music mixing skills, etc. If you would like more technical episodes, we're going to do clips and start running ads for them. But join our exclusive community. That is mixamusicpodcast.com slash exclusive. And you get two extra episodes every single week. James and I do that. And it is fantastic. So go ahead and check that out. Once again, that's mixingmusicpodcast.com slash exclusive. If you are interested in other things, we have a bunch of sponsors. Go to mixingmusicpodcast.com. We have like free PDF, so many free things. Just go to the website, check it out, browse around. I mean, we're paying for the domain, so you might as well just check it out. You know, make sure that Please. make make our money worth, make our <laughs> money worth. And uh, <laughs> on that note, thank you so much for listening. If you do like these episodes, if you do like the content, please give us a five-star rating on whatever platform that you're listening on. And thank you so much. Happy mixing, my friends, and stay saucy. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.